Hey, thanks so much for joining us on the Rise Church podcast. We're a church in Southeast Idaho on mission to help people take steps in relationship with Jesus. For more information, check us out at risechurchid.org. All right, enjoy the message. Ephesians 4, 14 through 16 says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried out by every wind of doctrine, by cunning by craftiness in deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way to him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We'll get back to that in a minute, but I also want to jump over to Philippians 2, 1 through 11. It says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition. And this is where we're going to focus. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, this is challenging. In humility, count others more significant than yourself. Let each one of you look not only to his own interests, but to the interests of others. Having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, in case anyone had doubted that we can do this, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped. He emptied himself. Taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient even to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name. Ooh, that fires me up. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Lord, we thank you for your word. We do just declare this to be true. You have the name that is above every other name. We declare it, Lord. We speak that as truth, even in our own lives, that we would carry that with us. Jesus, the name above every other name, that every room that we walk into, we would say, Jesus, you're above everything else there. That as we walk out into the world, we would speak the name, Jesus, that you would be above everything else in the world. Lord, we thank you for this truth. Fire us up this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Well, apparently I'm already fired up a little bit. I'm excited as we just bring this. Well, I'm not excited that the series is coming to a close. I've loved this series. I've really enjoyed uh, talking through just the practicalities of, like, how do we do this together? How do we, as broken people, how do we do life together? We've had some really good conversation. We've talked. The name of the series is Irene. We remember the songs. 
I thought of another one. I'm not going to share it, though. I think we're just done. Everyone's just like, no more songs, no more songs. I know, I know. I, it, it was actually, I was thinking of a, maybe some people my age might know. The guy's name was Ja Rule. He goes, Rue baby. And so I was like, Irene baby. And I was just, I just kept thinking. And then there was the, come on, Irene. Yeah, come on, Irene. Yep. And then what was the other one? The Irene, 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 Irene. I know y'all want to get down to this. Okay, so this is what we've been talking about. I believe, honestly, and, and the reason why we've set up this series for our church in this season is because I believe this is the only way forward for church community. If you haven't noticed across the globe, one of the huge things that the enemy is doing is causing division, is causing us to recognize our differences. And I kind of wanted to come along with that and be like, yeah, totally, we are different, but there's a way that we can move together. And we will do so as, as a church. So the whole meaning of Irene was basically peace, harmony, how we work together. It's something that we are called to strive for together. We introduced it out of the book of Hebrews, out of Hebrews 12, 14, which said, strive for this Irene with everyone. Strive for peace with everyone and for holiness without which no one will see the Lord. In other words, it has to start here. In, we are called to be holy. We are called to be like God who is holy. This is a holy space. We are a holy family. We get to do this together. And so we've talked about just the different practical ways of how to actually, hi, baby. Sorry, I saw my little girl out there. She was walking and she was waving. I had to wave. <laughs> so the practicality, yeah, total squirrel moment. It's okay. We jump right back in. We've talked about this in terms of expectations, right? What are our expectations of our friends? Is that formed by the Bible? What are our expectations of your pastors? Is that formed by the Bible? What are our expectations of other church leaders? What are our expectations of what church ought to look like? Right? Are these all formed by the Bible? We've talked about compassion, how we don't want, just want to be able to look at someone and be like, oh, you're having a bad day. Sucks to be you. <laughs> Honestly, that's what we do a lot, right? But if we could say, wow, what's going on in your life that's causing you to feel like this? Well, how could I minister to you through this, right? Stepping into that place, compassion drives us into interaction, which helps us get to a place where we can actually truly love each other and find this peace that we're talking about. We talked about forgiveness. Anyone done some forgiving since that message? We've got one. Praise Jesus. Anybody else? Okay, we've got a couple, right? I, I have walked through forgiveness from, from this message. I'm continuing to walk through forgiveness from this message. And I, I encourage you to, Eric shared a message on reconciliation, this whole idea that we've been reconciled to God through his son, Jesus. He's paid the price. And now that we get to experience that, we've freely received it. And now we freely give it. Our goal is to look through our life on a normal basis and say, is there anywhere that reconciliation needs to take place, right? Because we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Our goal is to minister reconciliation out. And so begin to ask that question of, of all of the relationships. In fact, I would even encourage you, like, 
begin a prayer journal of all of the relationships in your life. I would even think about like, you know, that, that one time the person cut you off and you gave them that one finger, not this one, but the other one, right? That could be something where you need to walk in forgiveness too. There could be some, maybe it's someone, you, maybe you did that to your pastor. Maybe you need to seek some reconciliation for that, okay? Y'all are wondering, was that actually him? <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. All right. I'll, I'll be interested to see if anybody actually comes up and says, like, I'm so sorry. That'd be, that'd be cool. And there would be total forgiveness and total grace, just so you know, totally. And then uh, in our last message, we talked about talking about other people, right? We recognize that it's important to live by wisdom. It's important to have wise counsel. And so we have to talk about other people in some places. But is that place where we're talking about other people a safe place? Are we talking about other people in this space because we like, feel like we're going to be cool because we have some information, we've got the scoop, we've got the deep stuff about this other person's life that we're going to share? Or are we like, really seeking to help this person? Are we really seeking like, wisdom and actual counsel when we're talking about other people? So if you missed that message on gossip, be sure and go back and listen to it. But today, we are moving just a little bit forward, more forward. And if I'm honest with you guys, this is going to be more of a, a processing than it is going to be a teaching. There's definitely teaching aspects of it. But I just feel like the Lord hasn't brought it to completion. And so this is something that is going to be like an ongoing study for me. Um, and so if you sense that feel as it being just a little bit different, that's what that is. But the, the message title is, you know, we talked about talking about other people last week. So this week we're going to be talking about how do we talk to people? How do we talk to each other? And the title is candor, candor. It's an interesting word, isn't it? Here's, here's the definition. It's the quality of being open and honest in expression. Frankness. Not talking about stepdad Frank, but frankness. Although stepdad Frank was really Frank. He was. He was, he was very... Yeah, he was. He was, he was super Frank. But when I first heard... So good. That's a great joke. I like that. No one else knows because no one else knew Frank, but... Uh, our little inside joke here. That's, that's awesome. I'm glad that we can giggle together, my love. <laughs> I know, it's so cheesy, so weird, isn't it? Like, why would you say that? I don't know. Uh, anyways, so this word candor was not a word that I was super familiar with like several years ago. I, I, when I heard it, I, I thought of like, is this some sort of animal? Like, and the candor came down out of the sky and it grabbed up the gazelle. Right, and, and so I'm just, I, that's what I thought. Like, it's some sort of big bird. Like, uh, it, it maybe it has like huge, it sounds like it. Yeah, yeah, okay. So it's not just me. I'm not the only weird one. Praise Jesus. We can all be weird together. But it was in the movie, uh, the Divergent series. You guys watch that? I don't, like, I am not coming to say, like, you need to go watch this. It's just, just an illustration, okay? So I haven't, like, processed through to think of, like, what of this is going to offend the Christian folk within the church and what is not? I haven't like thought any of that out. This is just like an illustration, okay? So uh, it was in the Divergent movie series and I was first exposed to this whole idea of candor. And it's kind of, if you don't know about the movie, it's like, uh, it's a series of movies 
um, that is kind of like a dystopian setting. It's futuristic almost, and the world has kind of evolved, and it's formed these different groups within society. These different groups that have these different like functions and focuses. And so the groups were, there was amnity, and they were the peaceful people. There was abnegation. They were the selfless people. They were always going out and serving people. There was the erudite, and they were intelligent, super smart. There was the dauntless. They were awesome. They always wore black, right? And they were, they were always like the action ones. They were like the security guards and the police force, and right? This, so they were the brave ones, dauntless. I mean, it just sounds awesome, like dauntless. And then there was the candor people. The candor people were the honest honest people. And it was in the second film, Insurgents, and you can pull up that picture. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Just this real moment that we're actually exposed to how candor works. And so there's this part of the film where they go into this huge hall and they put whoever's on trial in the middle of the hall and all of the people are kind of surrounding them. And they're going to ask this person questions. But in order for these people to tell the truth, they have to take a truth serum. They take this truth serum and then they spill their guts and they're all, you know, talking all of the truth and stuff. And, and so that, that was my first exposure to candor, like this honest speaking, this honest bearing of one's hearts, and they weren't able to hold anything back and they weren't doing it in a way that was going to like hurt other people. They were just simply speaking the truth. And I just got to thinking, I'm like, isn't it just like the movie industry to paint this picture of something like telling the truth and living the truthful life only being possible if you have the truth serum, right? Isn't that just like, I don't, I don't like necessarily think Hollywood or whatever, but that's just what like, that's what happens in the, in the movies. I'm like stepping on all sorts of toes this morning. I'm like, oh goodness, forgive, forgive you, pastor, forgive him, but the truth is that living in a truthful way is commanded by God. In fact, we are called to look more and more like Jesus. We are made in his image. That means once we brush off all of the dirt that this life has got onto us, we're supposed to shine. We're supposed to look like Jesus, and we're supposed to look like God. And just think about the ways that the Bible talks about God. Let me just go through some, some scriptures and let these words sink in. It's in Titus 1-2 that says, in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies. Amen. Wow. Never. I mean, that just causes me to like think back on all of the, like you, you've got the, the really strong lies that you've made, and then you've got those little white lies. That, that was always like the big struggle for me. Those white lies, those lies that didn't, lies that didn't seem like they were going to hurt anybody, right? But I just told them. In fact, BC, before COVID and before Christ. <laughs> thank you. Go ahead and write that one down. Before Jesus, this was like a lifestyle for me. I was actually like, I got thrilled by the fact that I could manipulate people so well. Like I could go into some situation, I could just tell a story and people would believe me and I would run for it for, for a long time until like, you know, a few months later you ran into that same person. You're like, I don't remember the story that I told you, <laughs> right? But I think about all of those and just think about like the lies that we've told, 
The lies that we tell, does that look like Jesus? Obviously, the answer is no. I'm hoping the Holy Spirit is bringing some level of conviction on us this morning. In addition to this God who never lies, it's John 14, 6 that says, Jesus said to him, I am, I am the way, the lie? No, come on now, say it again. It's the, I am the truth, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through, through me. Now, let's take that in severe contrast to what the Bible would speak of the enemy. St. John 8.44 says, You are of your father, the devil. Your will is to do your father's desires. And which gets us asking the question, what are those desires? What does that look like? He was a murderer from the beginning. That's not off to a good start. And does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his character for he is a liar and the father of lies. So we see this huge contract, contrast here. You see Jesus, you see God, the God of all truth, the God of all light. And then you have darkness over here. You have Satan, you have lies. Yeah, I want you to pick, pick your side here. Which one, which one are we choosing? Obviously, our desires, we want to live in the light. We want to be like Jesus. We want to be those who speak truth. This is the example that we get in Jesus, and it's the encouragement from Paul, which is where we picked up in that Ephesians verse, in Ephesians chapter 4, as he's talking about how, how in this age, this age of the final days, are we supposed to build the church? How are we supposed to get to this place of being a unified church that functions well to God, together? And, and one of the things that he talks about is the fivefold ministry, right? He talks about the importance of having this within the church, of having the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, the shepherd, and how important this is for the body to function the way it's supposed to function. In other words, we need to know our giftings. We need to know who God has placed. And we see this throughout, throughout the scriptures. This is necessary if we're going to work together. If we're going to, as it talks about like the joints and everything, we don't want to be just like one solid bone up here. Like it, it doesn't work. You don't function very well like that. Like throw me a bone here. Thank you. Um, but the second part of this is speaking the truth in love Amen. is what we're called to do. Speak the truth in love. So let's, let's just break this down a little bit. What does this look like as we're talking about candor? Because I believe that's what candor really looks like. It's speaking the truth in love and really just beginning to process this in our every single day interaction. Is what I'm saying truthful and is what I'm saying coming out in love? Because I can definitely say some truthful stuff and it can come out really not loving. You can, you can make like, I, I think some people like have a gift for that. Like it's just, you just say the truth and it, it's just like, bam, right? But we've got to process that through love. And for some of us, it's harder to tell the truth. And so we have to work on that from both aspects. But as we think about lies, you've got two different types of lies. You have the lie of commission. commission. Right? This is like in the Ten Commandments, bearing false witness against somebody. So we're thinking about like, I don't know, uh, I say someone stole my, my horse. 
Dave came over to my, my house, and I didn't see Dave do this, but I'm telling everybody that I saw Dave steal my horse, and I'm, I'm bearing false witness against him, right? I can't believe he stole my horse. And, and then it comes up that he was out visiting his Mimo, like he wasn't even here, right? And so it's, it's coming out. It's, it's clear that I was just lying, right? This is the most obvious of lies. And here's the lie that we often forget. That's the lie of omission. You guys think about lies of omission that you've, you've told? I think this is really, really popular because we often don't think of it. And so let me just call it out. This is intentionally leaving details out in order to foster a narrative to your own benefit. And so you're specifically not telling somebody something that you know, information that you have, you're specifically leaving it out so it makes you look better. Have you done it? We see an example of that in Acts chapter 5 with Ananias and Sapphira. As the early church is forming, it's this beautiful picture. As the people are selling everything, they're coming together, they're making sure that anybody who has needs is getting their needs met. And right before this, at the end of Acts chapter 4, we are introduced to a dude named Barnabas. And it says that Barnabas sold his property and he gave it to, to the church. He gave it to be able to care for people. And right on the heels of that, we're introduced to Ananias and Sapphira, where it says that they, they sold their property, and they made it look like they were giving all of this money to the church, but they withheld from it. And the Bible actually says that you have sinned against God. You have sinned against the Holy Spirit because you have omitted this information. Right? And so this is the lie of, of omission. So think through our lives when we're communicating with each other. And we'll get into difficult conversations here in a minute on how to, how to actually walk this out. But we got to speak the truth in love. Think about, again, more of just the practicality of this. How do, we, how do we actually do this? How do we speak the truth? Maybe we get that part. How do we do it in love? What does the love part look like? How does it mesh together? Because this can be difficult. And this is where that scripture from Philippians chapter 2 comes into place says, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy of being in the same mind, which we've talked about, having the same love, being uh, in full accord and of one mind, fitting all together in one Honda, right? That one accord, we're all just... <laughs> do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. And then there's that part that I pointed out to you earlier. In humility, think about that. When I'm interacting with people, it's almost like this world wants us to automatically think that we are better than everybody else. It's like built into us from like the educational system and, and all of that. Like it's, there's this pride that's built up. Like I know more than you. The goal here within this classroom setting is for me to answer the question before you so that I can show that I'm smarter than you and I'm better than you. And it sets this, this status up. I'm better. Humility, in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Think about what that would mean in like your conversations, right? Because that's really where we get practical in our conversations with each other. If I'm thinking 
in a humble way, where I'm thinking that other people are more significant than myself, that means that they've got perspectives that are more important than my perspective, that they've got information that is more important than the information that I currently have. They've got some stuff. As I feel like, so this is something that I've, I learned like early on in, in ministry, that I can walk into any space, any room. I don't care if it's the toddlers or the kids' ministry room or up here. I don't care who the speaker is. I can get something. Why? Because I believe that God has placed something inside of them. When we look at other people, do we believe that God has placed something inside of them? And that there's something in that for me. Like God can take something from inside of them and cause it to change my life. And God could do that from the littlest, right? From the youngest to the oldest. I mean, you, you look that way, you know, with some of our, our old folks. You're like, hey, how am I going to get anything from, from that? I'm just totally playing, right? <laughs> but we say, dude, God has put a whole bunch of stuff inside of you. Give me, give me that, right? So having this humbleness to us, there's always something to learn. In every space you go into, there's something to learn, something to grow from, something that can be added unto me. Look or let each of you look not only to his own interests. Isn't this how we make friends, though, in society? Right? Everyone has to have our same interests, or else I can't be friends with them. Guys, I don't think that's what the body of Christ is supposed to look like. I think what this is saying is that we've got to recognize that there are people who find things interesting that I've got to just start asking about and begin to gain an interest for it because it is some other person. That's another person of the body of Christ that I've got to connect to. But if I choose not to connect to because I'm not interested in that, that means I just put a cast on that arm and that arm isn't going to move. We just destroyed that joint. And so we've got to begin looking at other people's differences. It's almost like, for me, sometimes what I do is I just look for the awkward in the room. I just look for it, right? Because that person is probably the most different from me. And so in that space, I, I want to learn about, like, what, what do you carry? Like, what, what has God done in your life? What has God brought you through? What has God taught you? Right, look for the differences and begin to interact. By the way, let me just say this. I know m me being up here kind of paints me as like an extrovert. And that whole idea would make me really good at this. I'm the complete opposite. I really am. And you, you probably notice that like if we talk like after service, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit different. If, if I see you like at a soccer game or whatever, I'm just kind of like... I know you're back there. I don't really want to talk right now, okay? Right? I know there's people, and I'm supposed to do the people thing, but I, I just don't want to do the people thing right now. So. Right? so this is actually really difficult for me. I'm talking about something that's challenging in my life. But we can do it. Why? Because God has made us this way. Because God is calling us to this way. Think about how differently it would have been for Ananias and Sapphira 
Obviously, the ending of that story is them dying because they lied to God. Think about how differently that story would have gone if instead of thinking about what can I hold on to, what, what money can I hold on to, if instead they thought about how could I be a blessing? I'm thinking about other people rather than, than myself. I bet that would have been a little bit different. In the talk of humility and just being, being humble, I think there has to be a recognition of how other people's backgrounds, what other people have been raised in, what other people have been taught, um, caring about other people knowing that you are paying attention to them. Anybody want to feel like, like people pay attention to you, like people get you, people notice you? Like... I know the introvert in me sometimes like, yeah, I really don't want that. Just leave me alone, right? But on a real deep level, absolutely. I want to be known. Absolutely. I want people to be praying for me. Absolutely. I want people to care about me. Amen. How do we do that? How do we do that? What, is that? what does that look like? And again, just, I don't have the perfect words for this. And so I'm just kind of like sharing out of my heart a little bit. But I, I think of... I think of the way that Mary sat at Jesus' feet. We heard recently in some time past, I can't remember um, how far back it was, but we were talking about uh, Mary and Martha and how Mary was just sitting there at Jesus' feet. And what a, what a special place that was. But I just think about how that made Jesus feel. Like, she, she's sitting there and just like gazing up at Jesus. I'm, I'm here. I'm hearing you. I'm listening to you. you. You can feel heard. And so I think about that also in, in like our positions, in like cultural attentiveness, in, in our space. What does it look like for people to know that they are being heard? Eye contact helps, I've learned, right? Smiling, nodding, saying, yeah, I understand. I understand what you're, you're saying. Right? Our, our facial, our, the way that we're showing emotions, again, I'm really not good at it sometimes. People are like, Ben, why are you so mad? I, I was, I'm, I'm, this is just my face. This is, this is what I look like. I, sorry. And so some of my, uh, who is it? Esri has gotten to this place of being like, Daddy, smile. Okay, yeah, smiling, smiling. I'm working on putting my smiling face. Right, but that can be helpful in, in conversation. That can be helpful in having friends. That can be helpful in, in peace, in Irene, for us to actually like, look like we enjoy being in each other's presence. Sometimes, uh, I, not you, but people like you who sit in seats like this, right? Sometimes I'm like, do people even like being at church? Like, do people even like each other? Do people, like, because we're like, glorious day, Jesus came out of the grave. And it's like this dirge that we're like, is it a funeral procession? I'm like, this is good news. Sometimes I got to, I mean, our worship team is excellent, but sometimes I'm like, guys, this is a celebratory song. We've got to like jump up and down and like we've, we've got to actually be happy about some of the things that we're singing about because this isn't sad and we're singing it like we're sad. Like, Right? So our expressions can be helpful as we're talking to each other. Smile, nod. Here's another thing that's helpful in, uh, humble, in our humble interactions with people. Assume the best intentions. Assume that when people do something poor towards you, 
Like, let's just use the example I've used several times. Uh, uh, you walk in the door, um, our eyes meet, and I look the other way, and I just walk the other direction. Assume that Ben just had a squirrel moment, right? And I just, like, I, I forgot everything that just took place. Assume that, like, my brain didn't connect that our eyes actually met. Like, just assume the best of that. Don't assume the worst that, wow, Ben hates me. Gosh, I, I, wonder, I wonder if that really was me waving the finger at him. And like, you know, like, <laughs> right? Just assume the best. Now, I use that in a funny illustration, but also just, just think of that in the way that we interact with each other here on a normal basis, right? Where someone says something. I, I said something to someone uh, over the past year. I said... What did I say? I said, like, yeah, that's just because we don't, we, we don't mesh well together. We don't work well together. And this is a person, like, I work with on a normal basis. And this hurt this person. I was like, whoa, I actually said that? And they brought it to me. And they're like, Ben, you said this. And I'm like, there's no way. Like, I was, like, my breath was taken away. I, I said that? I can't believe I said that. Like, sometimes we're like Peter. And like things just like stuff comes out of our mouth. Things just come. We don't always, we should have a God filter. And I preach that we ought to have a God filter. Sometimes we don't have a God filter. Sometimes things just come out. So let's assume the best of, of especially Christians. Now let's, let's just begin to put all these things together. As we look through all the things that we've learned in this series so far, we have expectations that people are going to mess up. I'm going to be wronged. We have these expectations. If it's by a sibling in Christ, I'm assuming that they didn't mean to hurt me. They didn't mean for me to be brokenhearted over this. But there's also an acknowledgement that it hurt, right? I knew that this was going to happen one day. So we have an expectation that things aren't always going to be perfect in the body of Christ. Things are going to be difficult for us to, to walk through. We have those expectations. Compassion says... I'm going to try to understand what just happened through their eyes. I'm going to try and step into their perspective. I'm going to try and understand. Forgiveness says, no matter the results of this talk, I'm going to forgive them. That's tough. Going into a difficult conversation like that and just like someone who has wronged you and you're doing your part to expose it and bring it to them, but going into that conversation like, I don't care how it goes. I'm going to forgive them, period. That's a challenge. Or um, I, I forgive even before they apologize, right? They don't even have to say I'm sorry. I just, I'm going to do, I'm going to do my part. Reconciliation says that I do have feelings about this event, but I've been reconciled to God. Therefore, I've been given the ministry of reconciliation, so I've got to say something. And we're going to search through all of those relationships in our lives to bring reconciliation. Gossip says, instead of talking about this event with someone else, I'm going to go to that person about it. In Matthew 18, it talks about this. And then candor says, I'm going to speak the truth, not withholding. I'm going to speak the truth in clarity. I'm going to speak the truth in love. What does this look like? Practically, what can this, this look like? Well, it can look like this. When you did this, it made me feel. 
Gosh, write those words down, y'all. If we could just get normal at utilizing this type of language. When you did this, it made me feel. Right? It sounds like some of us are like, yeah, Ben, we get it. But I'm astounded at how little this actually gets used. When we get our feelings hurt, let's just communicate. Let's just talk about it, right? Because we have the best, we assume the best of this person and their intentions. It can look like when you did this, here's what I perceived. Or when you said this, here's what I perceived. Here's how I understood this, this event. Like, this is, again, openness in, in communication, openness in conversation. It can look like um, communicating something difficult to help a negative event from happening again and again. Okay, funny example. Maybe not too funny. I know, you're giving me the look. Don't use it. Don't use it, Ben. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it. So, when... When you have, oh Jesus, I'm so scared. I'm shaking. Oh yes, I, I do have to go home after this. All right. So let's just say we made, like for some reason someone made like a, a paleo vegan sugar-free brownie. Yeah, was great. And it was like the closest thing to hell that you could actually think of. <laughs> like you think of eternal separation between you and God, and that's, that's what the taste is right there, right? It, yes, it was boxed. Okay, yes, it's not, it's not your fault. I know I threw you under the bus a few weeks back for you know, being a terrible cook, but I also gave you, like, props for being, becoming an amazing cook, so, um, and baker, and baker, but here's what candor can look like in one of those situations, like, babe, I love you so much, you're amazing, thank you for making food for our family, thank you for slaving away over those brownies, but can we not do that again? <laughs> Seriously. Now, let me tell you how this works out in a practical sense, ministry-wise, I remember it was probably a little over a year ago with Lori. I, I did something. I can't remember what it was that I did, but I, I, I have it written down somewhere. I did something, and she's like, Ben, that, that really hurt. It really hurt me. Could you not do that again? Absolutely. I think we need to be able to have those types of conversations. We're like, hey, you did this, and it kind of hurt me. Can we, can we just not do that? And it can be difficult it can, be, it can be really difficult. I, we've got one that we're walking through. I'm just laying out all our dirty laundry. Let's bring it. Let's do it, y'all. Thank you for having a canceling session with me. One of the things that takes place is I'll walk into the space after some correction has been done by Alicia to, to our kids, and I'll say, this is not working. What she hears and it's important for me to hear what she hears, right? She hears, you're being a terrible parent. That's, that's what she thinks that I'm saying. When I, when I really intended to say, you need to change your approach. We need to fix this approach. And the way that we're, we're parenting and the way that we're going about correction, like we just need to, 
it's just a sidestep. Let's, let's just do a pivot, right? And so it's important in this process that she can come to me and say, Ben, when you said this, here's what you said, and brings me those specific things, right? Here's what you said. You said, this is not working. I heard you're a terrible parent. And then that gives me an opportunity to say, oh, babe, I did not mean that at all. Like, I, you are not a par- terrible parent. You're an amazing parent. And I, you, yeah, you blow me out of the water as a parent. Like, you're, you're amazing. Here's what I was saying. And so these types of conversations, we can throw at each other and just be like, hey, listen, when you said this, here's what I understood. Is this what you meant? Gosh, this is, this is going to be amazing for us. This is going to be transformational for us if we, can, if we can get it, if we can start utilizing it. We want to be those that will continue to grow. We want to be those that will continue to learn from each other. I think some questions that we can be asking ourselves as we just move towards a close in practicality. Is that like the third time I said we're moving to a close? Because it's usually like one more, if I just say one more. Am I contributing to an environment where it's safe for us to sharpen each other? Do I, am I making it a safe place where other people can come to me and say, hey, Ben, this may feel a little bit off? One of the things you see taking place in church culture across the world is the whole celebrityism, and that, that begins to pop up in numerous places within the church where people become untouchable. Pastor Ben, well, you, you, we can't correct him. We can't bring anything, any, any challenges to him. Same with Pastor Lori. Same with all, you know, all, you start naming off people. No, we're the body of Christ, y'all. Amen. We need to sharpen each other. We need to sharpen each other. So here's a question. How do I compel someone to have a listening ear? I love this. I found this in a, a Christian business council. It says, a humble consideration of our own limitations and an earnest desire to serve compel a listening ear. In other words, we must seek first to understand, then to be understood. That's a humble approach. Prideful approach says, I need everyone to understand what I'm go- what's going on inside of me. And it, it, yes, I think that's important. We need to have that space. But if we put as a priority what other people are feeling and what's going through other people, that could be truly transformational. And then as we get into like angry situations and someone takes it the wrong way, which can't happen, right? If we're being, if I, I'm like, Karen, when you did this, Here's how I took it, and Karen gets really mad at me. Let me tell you what love does. If angry opposition arises, love is patient. It's not easily angered. Finally, this kind of love keeps no record of wrongs. This is all in 1 Corinthians 13. It's all an example of what what love looks like. And so let me just end with these final bit of questions, if you could pull, I can't remember, did I send those to you, Wendy? Questions? Yeah, yeah, those are them, great. So how do we practice candor in conflict? Here's just some, some practicals. Number one, communicate your love for the person. Hey, listen, Karen, I, I love you. 
you're my sister in Christ. I believe that God has placed you in my life, and I want the best for you. That's a perfect way to handle a hard conversation and enter into it. Absolutely. Number two, ask permission. This is something that I've learned to do just in this recent, in this recent city. Don't assume, right? Because assuming that you have this role in people's life can be quite prideful. And so I've learned that I am both a friend and I'm a pastor. And so I sometimes have trouble differentiating between those spaces. And so I've learned just to ask, like, do you want me to be, do you want me to be a friend right here and now? Do you want me just to listen? Because I, I can just listen. Or do you want me to be a pastor? Do you want me to be a shepherd in this moment? Do you want me to give you direction? I can do either one. I just don't want to overstep, right? So do I have permission to, to speak into your life on this? If not, okay. And then number three, allow them to respond or offer up a defense and listen by learning. In other words, we're not just sitting there being silent, thinking up our next move that we're going to make to prove them wrong, right? We, we do that. We're not going to automatically jump on t- you know, and, and, and speak over them. We're not going to interrupt. We're going to actually step into this place and say, okay, what are you saying? I want to learn from what you're saying. I want to learn about what you're feeling. I want to learn about how you're processing. I want to learn why you're processing. So we're going to listen to learn. And then we're going to continue asking questions that illuminate the behavioral issues, its consequences, etc. So just asking questions that help you to understand more. Again, getting into this place of just like humble, humble. I want to learn more about you and the situation. Conclude with a reaffirmation of your love for them. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for helping me to understand the situation a little bit more. I've probably got more to process and pray through with this, but thank you so much. And, and again, I just want you to know, like, I love you. I love you so much. You're my sister. You're my brother in, in Christ. And that's, that's always going to be the way it is. I just, I just love you. And then if you get the chance, you get to pray with them. Sometimes that means you're getting to move forward in full reconciliation. Sometimes that means that we've got more work to do, but we're going to do it at a later time. But these are some ways that we want to just promote candor within the body of Christ, open communication. Worship team, would you guys come up, please? I just want to close in a word of prayer for the closing of this series, um, just that this would be the beginning of, of moving together in close community and growing together in looking for differences across the body and looking for those who feel less comfortable and trying to help them to be comfortable. And So Father God, I just I thank you for this time that we've got to spend over the past eight weeks just studying through this stuff, Lord how you've taught us about how to, how to move together in unity, how you've given us some tools. But ultimately, we know, God, that once again, we're not robots. We don't just automatically do this stuff. We've got to choose to do it. And so I'm just acknowledging in my own life where I need, I need to grow in this. I need to grow in forgiveness. I need to grow in openness and communication. I need, I need to grow... I need to grow in compassion. I need to grow in being aware of other people. 
And I just believe that you've caused that awareness to come about in many people within our body, many people within our church. As a Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would continue to bring that conviction, that you would continue to bring those reminders, cause the things that we have learned in this series just to keep coming to mind. Maybe even prompt us from time to time to come back to these teachings and and relearn and re-remind ourselves about them. God, the prophetic heart behind this, I believe, was that you're calling us to live this out as an example. So help us to do that, God. Help us to do that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us on this Rise Church podcast. If this was a blessing to you, there's a number of things that could do to help us continuing to minister to the world around us and getting that good news about Jesus Christ out. Could you like this podcast? Could you share this podcast? Could you quote this podcast? All of those would be a great blessing. If you would like to give financially to Rise Church to help us continue on this mission, please go to risechurchid.org. Be blessed, my friend.